Well, hello and welcome. It's good to have you joining us at TLC. Just a moment, I'm going to give you the Fantastic Four. That's right, the Fantastic Four on fighting fear. And so it's pretty relevant for right now because I think believers and unbelievers, I mean, we all, fear is trying to knock at everybody's door. And so we all have to deal with that one way or another. Thank God for Jesus Christ. And so we're going to help you with that. We're going to give you, like I said, the Fantastic Four here in just a second. But uh, we're facing the same en enemy. I mean, this, this invisible enemy, uh, the same giant, he's calling out every day, calling out every morning. He's looking for a challenger and he's trespassing. He, uh, you know, he's looking for somebody to meet him in battle. Isn't that just like the enemy? But it's time for you and I to draw the line. And that's what I want to help you with this morning. Fear is faith backwards. It's, it's perverted. It's, it's really the opposite of faith. It is operating in the enemy's realm and not in the realm that God wants you. So I've said this before, and I want to say it again. If you let fear rule, it'll take over. If you give fear space, it'll take a mile and it'll, it'll take your conscience. It'll, you know, that's what you'll dwell on. But it works for faith as well. If you let faith rule, it'll take over. And so I'm for the second. Let's let faith rule. Where do we get faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So we're going to get to the Bible. We're going to draw our faith from the word of God. The Bible says that if you have faith of a mustard seed, now mustard seed, as you know, is really small, very tiny seed, probably one of the tiniest, but it says it can move a mountain. And so let me just pull that onion back a little bit more. Let's dig just a little bit deeper. If you don't have the faith of a mustard seed, that mountain's not going away. <clears throat> so you have to believe what you're saying. You have to believe what your heart is. Your belief system has to be grounded and founded on something. The enemy uses fear as a tool. That's probably one of his main arsenal weapons. That's what he, that's what he pulls out. And he is just kind of like the Schwarzenegger saying, make my day. That's what he wants. He just wants to get you afraid so that you can operate in that realm. But you don't have to. But he uses fear. He springs, you know, this is what he does. He watches how you respond, and then he feeds that. If you respond towards his liking in a negative way, in a fear way, he feeds that. It's just, uh, that's how he does it. He is not, uh, he's not omnipresent. He's not omniscient like God. So he can't see and know everything like God does. So he, he judges what he does and how he pours it on by how you respond. We might be sitting here this morning, wherever you're at, as you're watching me online, you might have, well, I've, Brett, I've got all kinds of fear, fear of the past. I've got fear of the, the now and the present. What's this virus going to do? What, what's going to happen? And, and all of those things. And what are those numbers? And, and all this unknown stuff. I just want you to calm down. It's going to be all right. God is going to help you. We're going to lean on him. Uh, you know, when the wind is blowing, you know, I remember years ago, you might not know this artist, his name was Dallas Holm. He had a song called Against the Wind. And sometimes you just got to lean against the wind. It might be blowing, but baby, you got to lean against the wind. So if you're afraid today, I'm going to give you again the Fantastic Four. Just, you know, how am I going to pay my bills? What's going to happen? And all of those kind of things. Um, so we have all these fears that we've all faced. What if we fail? What if this, you know, and all the what ifs. But it's comforting to know that God is not surprised by our fears. He, he's not surprised by that. He, he is omniscient. He's all knowing. He's looking for you to look to him. That's what he's looking for. One of the most repeated commands from God to mankind is this, fear not. He says it 366 times. I mean, if he's going to say it that many times, don't you think we should maybe 
Stand up and take attention. Yes, I got it. 366 times. Fear not. I love the challenge that God gives Joshua in Joshua 1.9. This is my command. In other words, this isn't my suggestion. This is what I'm telling you. You ever have, if you have children, you're going to tell your kids, hey, listen to me. It's going to be okay. I've had to tell my children something happened or they got hurt or they got scared. It's okay. Look at daddy. Look right here. It's going to be all right. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. It's easy to read. Do not be afraid or discouraged. It's easy to read. But it's not so easy to live. Sometimes when the giant is out in the valley and he's yelling at you, it's not so easy just to, I mean, I'm just going to read this because everything is starting to close in or the fear is starting to work. So that's what I want to talk about today. Fears that keep you living life to the fullest. Fears that keep you pushed down and keep you down to a level that you just, you, you have no peace or joy. You don't feel fully alive. Fears that keep you from being who God wants you to be. We are to be the lights. I mean, they're everywhere around. It's dark. Isn't it nice to have something that's lit up? Let Jesus inside you be the one lit up. So here, listen to this. Fear operates by being used by you. That's how fear works. You use fear, it works that way, and it grows that way. It survives that way by you speaking and acting and giving it life. The great thing about moving to the other side of that coin is faith operates by being used by you, by you hearing it, by you acting on it, and by you speaking and putting and putting it forth, putting your hand to it, and it grows the more you use it. I saw this on TV just recently, and the nation right now in this time of what we're all going through together is wanting us about social distancing and keeping your distance. If you go to the store, you, you're seeing more and more people six feet or more apart, masks on. And, and so it sends a message. You know, it, it, it's just kind of, we're not used to all of this. But, but anyway, the hashtag was, was together alone or alone together. That's what the hashtag is. So it's kind of like an oxymoron, but yet it's trying to tell you, you need your space, but we're in this together. Let's figure this out. Man, I'll tell you, when stuff is getting so big that it wants to get you afraid, you got to have something that's bigger than that. And that, my friend, is God. And so let's grab a hold of God and let God be our source. Let God be the foundation of everything that we are. Forrest Gump said, life is like a box of chocolates. You'll never know what you're going to get. You know, I, I can just say in, in what's happening now, we didn't go to the candy store and order these chocolates. We didn't want these. But this being made more accurate, life is like a jar of jalapenos. Whatever you eat today is going to burn your butt tomorrow. We got we to gotta stay focused on what we're going to get in our system. There's a lot of media out there. I mean, there's all kinds. You can hear this is what's going on, and you can almost hear the opposite on another channel. And you start asking yourself what's true and what's not. What are we going to say? What are we going to do? Here's a fantastic four. I'm going to give you four thoughts to help you Fight fear. Four things. And if you'll put these in, in motion, if you will actually take these to heart and do what I'm about to say, it's going to make a big difference. You're going to see things a little bit different. I mean, I'm not saying that everything instantly is going to go away because we walk through this and we're going to walk through it, but God's going to help you. 
So number one, I, you know, we got to start admitting there, this is bigger than all of us. So we need God, even though we're in this together, but we need to talk about it. So here's our first fantastic four. We need to pray. We need to talk to God. We need to just connect with him. That's how we talk to God. Every day we just connect with the Lord. That's what you need. If you're not a morning person, you need to connect with him in the midday or, or in the evening. I like to do it first thing in the morning because I like God to set my day. I like to put him first in my life. So that's just my recommendation. But speaking words and speaking faith-filled words are two different things. Just speaking words. Sometimes, you know, I mean, we all could tell you, I know somebody that just talks a lot. They don't say a whole lot, but they talk a lot. But I want to say something that has weight with it, that has meaning. I know that it is true. It is fact. If I speak it, it works. Did you know your, your words, your praying will frame your life? It'll frame your world. Joyce Meyer says this, go to the phone or go to the throne instead of the phone. So many of us, we just run to the phone and and I'm not saying the problems aren't valid and we're talking to someone that maybe is a, is a mentor or whatever, and there's, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think our first response, our first response, the 911 that we call is God. That's our first response. Let's go to God and say, Father, here's, what's, here's what I'm dealing with. Did you know he already knows? But you need to go and, and just begin to talk to him. He's bigger than anything that you fear. Anything that you're afraid of, God is bigger than that. So let me just ask you this morning, what are you giving voice to? All your fears? Are you giving voice to your faith? You might be saying this, Brett, I'm telling you, God knows my heart and he knows what I meant. And I know that that's a true statement. God does know your heart and he does know what you meant. He, he can Take all of that, and he knows exactly what you meant. But I need you to hear me. The spirit world doesn't pay attention to what you mean. It goes into action by what you speak. You need to understand that. God is omniscient. We said it earlier. He knows your thoughts. The enemy does not. So the enemy goes by response and by the words you use. So you have to be aware of that you are framing your world, how you're going to respond, how you're going to act, how others, if you have children and those that are watching you, they kind of go off of you if you are the leader or the priest of your home. So what's occupying space in your brain? Are you feeling thoughts that go and add strength to your fears or to your faith? Are you kind of one of those, like, I don't even know, man, and we say negative, we tend to say, or are you one that says, you know what? I know what God says. Let's start saying what God says and start doing what God is asking us to do. I'm going to talk to the one that has the power over the things I'm afraid of. If I've got to admit anything to anybody, I want to admit it to God. But here's the good news. The power that he has you ready? Here it comes. He's delegated it to you. The Bible says after Jesus went to the cross, all power was given to him. You know what all? I looked it up. All means all. All power is given to him, and he delegated it to his believers, to his followers, to his kids. You and I, if you're a Jesus follower. 
So what we've done is we, in society, we, we tell God about our mountain. We, we, God, oh, and we, but he knows about it. Sometimes it feels good to say about it, and I get it because God is at least a safe place. But by telling just God about your mountain doesn't make the mountain go away. You got to start telling your mountain about your God. Yeah, you heard me right. You're going to have to start telling your mountain about your God. God already knows about your mountain, and he loves you. But this time you took the authority that Jesus died for and speak to that mountain. Tell the mountain about your God. Say to the mountain what God says about fear. Say to the mountain what God says about what you're dealing with. Speak the end result. I speak to my family. I speak health and wholeness. No, no virus, no, no anything like that can come nigh my dwelling. Why? Because of the covenant ratified by the blood of Christ is over my home. So I speak to that stuff. Some people said, well, Brett, we have to <laughs> call them out to get rid of them. Remember now, I, and I get, I understand what you're saying. I, I need to call these things out just to, so I can do what I need to do. And I get it. I remember Jesus, you know, he, he asked the demon, you know, who are you and all that and all of that. And of course the demon answers and, and he's able to take care of things. He was identifying, now I, you need to hear me. Why is he doing that? He's identifying him for his exit, the, the enemy's exit, the demon's exit. So make no mistake about it. We already know what this virus is. We already know what it's called. So let's exercise our faith. You know, when Jesus went to, uh, to raise Lazarus from the dead, four days had gone by. And of course, he says Lazarus, and there's some people that say, well, you know, why, why did he say Lazarus? If he wouldn't have said Lazarus, the whole graveyard could have got up. So he's being specific so I'm, I'm asking you, are you just saying general things or are you being specific? Are you commanding your body to be in health and wholeness? Are you being specific? Are you, are you having certain ailments? Are you being specific? You don't have to call them in. They're already in. We're calling them out so we can get rid of them. We're going to tell things specifically to go. The enemy has no, he's trespassing if he's on your property, in your house, on your person. We are not doing a shotgun method here. We're, we're actually using a rifle scope. Here's the second fantastic four, the second thought. You're going to need to use your faith. We're going to pray. We're going to talk to God. And then we're going to exercise our faith. We need to believe. We choose to believe. We take the risk. Brett, what, what, if, I, what if I say it and, and, and it doesn't happen right away or it doesn't happen the way I thought? You know, my job, this is what our job is. You and I, if we're believers, our job is to pray and believe. The part after that, that's his job. That's God's job. Our action is in that first part. If you're afraid... The enemy's going to try to stop you. Just the fear of failure will try to stop you. You know, let's just be honest. If we could have done it on our own, we'd have done it already. Look, Skippy, if we were that strong, we'd have done it already. But we need God. We need to use God. We need to pray to him. And we need to exercise the authority and faith he has given us. What do you have to lose but what you're wanting to lose? Fear. I don't, I'm not going to walk in fear. I'm, not gonna, I'm going to use wisdom. 
Now, there's wisdom, and, and we're doing everything by internet now and all of that, and we're we're obeying and, and uh, helping, submitting to those in authority with us and all that, and, and we're just using wisdom. We're just doing everything our part. We're not being silly, but I'm not going to walk in fear. I'm going to take the risk and believe God. I'm going to take God at his word. Everything he says is true, everything. I'm going to use his word like a sword in battle. I'm going to find the word, whatever I'm afraid of, and I'm going to use it. And I'm going to, I'm going to wield it just like a sword. I'm going to use the word of God. Face your fears. Believe and speak God's word. It's kind of hard to do sometimes because when we're afraid, it's hard. You know, we kind of raised up in that fight or flight thing, you know, that's what they used to say. And <clears throat> you make that choice, that split second choice, whether you have to fight or whether you have to go. When I was a kid, I, I had a, a boy steal my bike and he was the school bully. I was in fifth grade, school bully, stole the bike. And, you know, I, I chased him, but he out, of course, he was on a bike, outran me. And we were at flag football practice. I went to Vernon Elementary School off Grand Avenue, which is no longer there now. But anyway, there, that's what happened. He brought the bike back in front of everybody and threw the bike down. And I said, you know, don't ever do that again. And next thing I know, the fight was on. I, I thought the coach would surely stop it. He's not going to let us fight. No, the coach won't let us fight. The coach said, you heard it. This, this is just between Brett and Eddie. I was like, ah. Oh. So anyway, the fight went on, and I just faced it. There was a part that I wanted to get on my bike and take off, but I didn't. I just faced the bully, and I beat the bully. And for the rest of the school year, the bully and his subjects, so to speak, all treated me with respect. If I said, hey, leave them alone, they, they just, okay, cool. They just left him alone. You see, it's something when you understand that you're going to have to fight for what you believe in. If you will stand up with this Fantastic Four, it's going to change everything in the dimension in your household and in your life. But the enemy works in the natural, the five sense realm. You need to understand that. And you're seeing, you're touching, you're tasting, you're smelling, all of that, you're hearing. He works in that five sense realm. He'll try to to, you know, we, we talked in that little vlog I did, false evidence appearing real. And, and we have enough evidence about this virus, so it's not really false. I mean, there are some things that are exploited, and we get that. But what I'm saying is, you're going to have to get past your natural realm, and you're going to have to plug into something bigger than the natural, and that's the supernatural, and that's God. And this is why they're fantastic. We need God, we need to talk to Him, and we need to exercise our faith. And so the enemy is going to operate in the, that's where he works on us is in the natural level of the things that you see, the things that you feel, the things, you know, I see this and all of that. You know, when we were growing up, most of our moms told us the smart things to do, I guess. Uh, and I was going away to school and I was, you know, I had to walk to Vernon from where I lived. She didn't wave out the window. Bye son, have a risky day. Just take chances. Only look one way when you cross the street. She didn't say anything like that. She was always, be careful. You know, look both ways. Da, 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 da. You know, all these instructions. She didn't tell me to embrace danger. She didn't tell me any of that. She told me things that would keep me safe. 
Faith walking doesn't come naturally. I mean, we have to spend time with God. It isn't something that we we just, you know, we just pull out of the air. It is something, it, it's like kind of sometimes rubbing the cat backwards. God might tell you to do something, where to stand, what to quote, what to say, but you're going to have to spend some time with him. And you know, in faith, it's like this. You don't see the results many times right away because in faith, believing is seeing. Not seeing is believing. In the natural, you see it. Okay, I see it. I believe it. A magician works on deception. He, he makes you think you saw something here, and then he puts it over here or does something. And so because it plays with your mind, you believe the deception. But we base our faith on things that you can't, not the natural. Now, again, not the five cents realm, but pass that into the supernatural, the word of God. And so when we base it on the word, we're not fooled by the enemy and his tricks. Peter got out of the boat. If you remember, the boat's on rough water. And he's going to walk on the water because he asked Jesus. He says, you know, if that's you, tell me to come. Now, he's going to do something he's never done. Nobody that I know has walked on water besides this story here. It's going to take him faith, all his senses, his natural senses, have you ever seen anybody do that, Peter? No, but I'm seeing Jesus now. Have you ever heard anybody doing that? No. You know, I mean, you can go through that whole list. They're going to say you can't walk on water. But Peter is seeing something that is bigger than his natural senses. That's Jesus. If Jesus is telling me to come, I can do it. So faith could be risky, but yet if it's based on God, to others, it might look risky. To you, it's not a risk at all because God will never leave me or forsake me. Come on, somebody. God will never let me down. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I could go on because God is amazing. If you do something risky just to be risky, just as a dare, that's stupid. Years ago when we were at a family reunion, we were at a park and a bunch of us went back. There was all these woods back there, and they had all these vines, and they had vines that swung out over the ravine. And, and so we were swinging on this vine, and, and you know it was pretty cool because you kind of felt like Tarzan. You could swing out, and there's probably 20 feet drop once you went over the ravine to the other side. And, and, and so we were having all this fun. And pretty soon they said, hey, let's try to swing too. And so two people jumped on this vine. We swung across, and woohoo! we were having a good time. Hey, let's try three. And three people swung across on this vine. Yeah! And we are having fun. We are laughing. Let's try four. Four people swung across on that vine. It still was going, and we were laughing, laughing. Let's try five. Not a good idea. Got out over the middle of the ravine, snap, and all of us fell about 15, 20 feet and hit the ground. Nobody got hurt, thank the Lord. But I think we are entertainment for heaven. I think the angels are like, you got to be kidding me. So just to be risky, just to do something, that's just dumb. So, you know, in this whole thing that's going on right now, let's not just take risk just to be risky. Let's use our faith, and faith has wisdom. And to some, it might seem risky, but it's just wisdom. Let's just be smart and, and keep everything clean and do all the things that God has told us to do. What if I mess up? Brent, what if I mess up? You know, half of life you learn from when you mess up. Thomas Edison 
was accused of being a failure. He tried like a thousand times on how to create electricity or the light bulb. And instead, when they asked him, they said, you know, you failed a thousand times. And what his response was, no, I found a thousand ways it didn't work. Check that out. That's perspective, my friend. You know, half of what you learn, hey, that, that brought pain. I'm not doing that again. I've learned some rough lessons and I want to keep learning because, you know, I want to make sure that I go forward. I don't want to be stalemated and I certainly don't want to go back. Life is school. So we learn from the good and we learn from the bad. How many knows doing just life in general is not just a walk in the park or it's not always a rose garden? It's up and down. It's kind of more like a roller coaster. And, and it's going to take courage just to walk in life. You can sit here and go, I'm, I'm not a believer. Okay, maybe you want to think about that because you're going to need courage whether you're a believer or not. But at least with, as a believer, I have a guarantee. I have somebody that will never leave my side. Courage is not the absence of fear. It's doing the right thing even when you're afraid. It's being who God wants you to be even when you're afraid. John Wayne stated it this way. Uh, he said, it's, it's being afraid and saddling up anyway. Well, actually, he probably stated it this way. Well, it's being afraid and saddling up anyway, pilgrim. Anyway, courage is rejecting comfort and doing the very thing that you fear, doing what God is telling you to do. What happens, what the enemy's gonna try to get you to do is not act because faith without works is dead. So therefore, lack of action adds fuel to fear. Doing nothing, if God's told you to do something, will do nothing but increase the fear. Lack of action is procrastination. It's just putting something off you know you need to do. If you believe God guides your steps and they're ordered of the Lord, and maybe you're not where you want to be now, but you're not where you used to be, and thank God you're not going back, but he is taking you on a journey. He's counting on people like you, men and women and children of God, to put this enemy to rest. You are alive for such a time as this, for the body of Christ to stand up and say, you know what, greater is he that's in me. I am more than a conqueror. You have peace and you're here for a reason. He's counting. Now, you, you gotta understand in the kingdom, God needs people like us that are believers to do his work for the kingdom. If we won't submit to the Lord and walk in the authority he's given us, then the things don't get done. If you don't pray and believe, things don't happen. It works in the same as the enemy. For the enemy to, to thrive and work, then people that he wants to use have to do his bidding. If you're not using your faith to fight your fears, then I suspect there's a lot of fear going on this internet wave right now. It just grows. And we don't need fear to grow. We need faith to grow. You know what happens is we end up playing the what ifs. I know I have before. What if this happens? What if this doesn't happen? What if, what if, what if? What if this person thinks this? What if this person thinks that? What, 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 what? Well, well this could happen to that. Did you know that assuming can get you into fear? 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 5 says, we are human but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, 
to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious, here it is, thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Now, Paul's not talking about casting out demons here. He's talking about thoughts, stinking thinking, thoughts that aren't godly, thoughts that are fear-based, not faith-based. He's talking about things the enemy makes up, the ones that he shoots like fiery darts. Think about this shield of faith, sword of the spirit. The shield blocks the, the things the enemy sends. The sword then chops them with the word of God. We cannot dwell on things that aren't godly. We have to speak life in faith to the things that we are believing, speaking the end result. And the things that we don't like or that we don't want in our life, then we speak to them, command them to go and get rid of them by the authority delegated to us by Christ. If you're going to spend your life assuming and worried, it's going to take a toll on you. It's going to take a toll on your peace, on your happiness. It's going to do damage to the inside, just in your stability and in your, in your energy level. I want you to stay up to date and, and, and know what's going on. I'm not saying bury your head in the sand and be an ostrich, but I am saying balance this. Use more of the word. Get more of the word in your life and less of the fear. Find out what's going on, but find it from a trusted source and then fill your heart and your mind with the word of God. Here's the next Fantastic Four. You probably don't like this one, but here it is. You can't avoid the fight. There's going to be a fight. There's going to be a fight. In this life, the Bible says you will have tribulation, but take heart. Jesus said, I have overcome the world. There's, it rains on the just and the unjust. Unbelievers are looking for answers. They're saying, what is going on? How do we get through this? If you're a believer and you profess to be a follower of Jesus, people are looking, how are you handling this? And you might say, well, Brent, I've, I've already blown it. And I, I understand that, but thank God for, for grace. Thank God for mercy. Be the light. Show them a change. Just ask God, just God, help me. Gird myself, help me to understand so that I can be who I'm supposed to be. I'd love to have kept this out, but I, I need to say it. If you've dealt with fear and fear's left, it will come back. It will try to come back. It's going to try and come back. You're believing God and all of that, and you, you, you should, and you shall, and you continue. Fear will keep trying to come back. You say, well, Brett, I need you to be positive. All right, I'm positive. Fear will keep trying to come back. Because the enemy uses that. He pulls that. That's one of his main weapons. He'll just wait till he can try to wear you down or a time when you're, when you're not as strong as you, you think you are or you haven't made yourself. However, that case, you can play that out yourself. But stay connected. You know, in this time, we can't meet together. Right now, I'm in the auditorium by myself. But you can still, God can meet with you no matter where you are. You can still stay connected. And we're doing Zoom calls all week long. We're, we're doing vlogs, this and that. Stay connected. You still have a church family that loves and prays and cares for you. Remember last week I talked about the enemy loves isolation. God loves insulation. Insulate yourself with God and his word. Here's our last fantastic four today. 
For all of those other three to happen, it's your choice. It's up to you. So number four, it's up to you. You get to choose. This doesn't happen and it won't happen by osmosis. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will choose the Lord. If you say, Brett, I'm not choosing. I'm just not. I don't need the confrontation. I'm not choosing. By not choosing, you've chosen. That sounds kind of rough. But that's the truth. You need to choose. I'm going to choose God. I'm going to choose God every time. I've had the enemy attack me in all kinds of different ways. And God has been there every time. And I'm telling you, when God comes on the scene, the enemy leaves. And you know how you get God on the scene? Because he's in you, and if he dwells in you, you exercise that. Again, think of all these fantastic four by the, the thoughts I just gave you, by the points I gave you, and you delegate that to what you're speaking because Jesus delegated it to you, and you have the authority and to take dominion. You have to put your hand to it. Action is required. For the kingdom to be involved, you have to be involved. For the kingdom to respond, you have to be involved. You know, God's presence is available 24-7. He doesn't have a part-time role in any of his children. He doesn't have a part-time role in the life of the believer, although there are some that think that, you know, we only call on God when things get rough. When things get bad, I've went and prayed for people. I've watched God heal them of terminal cancer. And they, they cried out to God, and, and, and so God answered, and boom, there they go. And as soon as that came, we don't see them anymore. And then it's come back, and I've went back and prayed, and God did it again. <coughs> and, they're, and they're still not following God. See, this is, a, this is an issue. See, believers, some believers have a part-time role in their life with God. They just need God when they need Him. They love God, and they're not bad people, so please don't misunderstand me. But the church is full of part-time Christians. But if nothing else, what's happening here is peeling back stuff that you're, you know, you're either in this for real or this is just a phase. I'm past a phase, my friend. This is God. And I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. Part-time Christians don't get full-time benefits. We need to grab a hold of what God is doing and say, you know what, God, we are going to get through this. And I, I mark my words, we will get through this. Our nation has seen greater and, and will see greater things. We will get through this. It has been through a lot. We focus our self on God, our faith on him, and not on our fears. Remember this, what you starve dies and what you feed grows. So grow inside with the Lord. I'm going to put more of the word inside, so I'm going to grow. I don't want you to leave this broadcast today without hearing a promise. God says he'll never leave you or forsake you. There's nothing that you and the Lord can't do together. If God gives you something, he'll take care of it. He'll supply it. He'll help you. When people get their mind and actions around the truth, their lives get changed. 
Here at True Life Church, our vision statement, live life on purpose. We are trying to give you a purpose because God has one for you. And it's not just to exist, but it's to be the light, especially in a time like this. It's to be who your neighbors need to see. It's to be who your family needs to see. It's, it's to be who your kids need to see. Maybe this is your story. God, so far today, I've not cussed, been angry, gave mean looks. I haven't stolen anything. I haven't thought any bad thoughts, not had road rage, haven't given anyone the finger. I haven't gambled, but God, I'm about to get out of bed. You're going to face things. Let's just, when we get up in the morning, a day can bring another challenge, but thank God he's bigger than that. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. We're going to believe God for good things. I'm believing God for an antidote and all of this to be gone and this will be short-lived. Because we're in this together. We're all facing this invisible enemy. I want to be like Paul, being like Jesus. Be like David, where the giant's out and he's taunting us. But somebody, dear God, somebody, give me some rocks and a sling. And let's go down to the field of battle. And let's dance. Let's figure this thing out. God, you tell me what you want me to do. If you want me to pray at, at 7.14 in the morning and 7.14 and the p.m., you know, 2 Chronicles 7.14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. You want me to pray that? I've been doing that. Father, I thank you for healing our land. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You see, when we start doing that, that is practicing the presence of God. We are enabling the presence. We are acting by faith and putting that presence in motion. You do have the authority to tell fear where to go. The more light you let in, the less dark it will be. I'm going to say that one more time because that's good. The more light you let in, light being the word, being God, the more dark it, will, it won't be. So the more light, shadows go away. My friend, it's time. It's time to rise up and, and take the help God makes available to you. It's time for you to, to stand up and be who you're supposed to be for God. It's time for you to not bow to the enemy anymore. It's time for you to have courage. It's time for you to live free. It's time for you to get your peace. It's time for you to gather your family around and say, this is our house. And as for us, we will follow the Lord. We fear too much because we, we trust God too little. Trust God more, fear less. We're almost finished, but listen to me. Within every great fear, there's an opportunity for God to do something in your life to grow your faith. What the enemy has put out there to make you afraid, there is an opportunity for you to grab a hold of God and say, God, how do you want me to face this thing? You have the authority to take care of business. Give God your fears, allow God to work in your life. I'm gonna give you two scriptures and then I'm gonna pray, okay? I love these scriptures, but I think they'll help you. Psalm 27.1 and Psalm 118.6. 27.1 says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? And Psalm 118.6, one of my favorites, the Lord is for me, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? If you're here and you're saying, you know what, Britt, 
I want to, I want to meet this Jesus. I want to have Jesus like you're talking about. I want you to, wherever you're at, close your eyes, bow your head. Let's pray this prayer together. Dear Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me for my sins. Today, I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm not being pushed. I'm not being prodded other than I know I'm being called on the inside to follow you. So I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me for the things I've done wrong. Help me to be who you need me to be. From this day forward, I'm going to be a believer. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you made that your prayer, we are just so happy about that. I want you then just to, to start reading your Bible. If you have a Bible, find one you can understand. I've been reading from the New Living Translation, getting those Gospels, those right in the middle of the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. I start out maybe even with John. John's all about love. It's going to talk about love because perfect love casts out all what? Fear. All right. So our announcer is going to come and just going to give you a little bit of information on some announcements for TLC, for True Life Church. We love you guys. We think you are the greatest. Well, actually, we think God is the greatest, but because you're with us and we know that you're going to walk with him, that makes us all family. God bless you. We'll be back to see you real soon.